the way even in which the games are arranged, you can say, oh, it's built on the original. The way the games are arranged is the softest middle of a schedule. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football, this is The Rivalry. Sponsored by Raisin Games. I did not come to play. I came to dominate. Dominate. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I knew I shouldn't have had you start this episode. We are back for real this time. You can delete the other episode that we recorded like a month ago because it is no longer relevant. All my complaints about playing Ohio State in October, unfounded. Fall is back and it feels right. I just got to give a shout out to my man Chance at the Wall Street Journal because here's what happened, Jace. When all of this crazy world stuff happened, the Wall Street Journal had these promotions of, hey, have three months for a couple bucks. I'm like, I'm going to get the paper delivered for a couple bucks. Well, then they're getting rid of that now because things are getting back to normal. So I'm calling in to cancel. And this man down in, in Alabama answers the phone and says, hey, how can I help you? We start having this conversation. And he's like, how's things up in, in Columbus? And I say, things are great. The fall's back here in Columbus. You know, football's big. So it's good to have Ohio State football back. And he goes, oh. And I said, don't tell me. He says, yeah, I'm a Michigan guy. I love Chance. And he's like, look, go Big Ten. I'm just as happy as you are to have football back. And it was the greatest moment because he's down wherever he's at. And we were able to connect while I was canceling the newspaper (laughs) about how great Big Ten football is and how much better the fall is. We're glad to have you. My name is Mitch. I bleed Scarlet Gray. He is Jace. He, whatever you do. It's... I feel like it's good to have that old familiar like rivalry back right now. Uh, It's good to know that the hatred is being renewed. Not that it ever went away, but it's good to be able to actually talk about it again. Renew the subscription to the hate. We are your garbage free sports podcast focused on the Ohio State Michigan football rivalry. Thank you for finding us through 1049 The Rivers mobile app, through Spotify, through TuneIn. Thank you for being here. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share it and be sure to follow on Twitter at Jace and Mitch. And a huge thanks and shout out back to Raising Canes for sponsoring us again this year. Because this was a big question. Not that we don't love Canes, not that Canes doesn't love us, but with the season and then not season, then back to season, then maybe not. And that They have been brilliant through all this. So. I called them. I said, what are you thinking? They're like, <laughs> we're doing it. Absolutely. We're doing it. So big shout out to them. Go get yourself some... Texas toast, buttered on both sides. Because that's a thing. Get yourself some sweet tea, some crinkle cut fries. Get yourself the box combo. I know some folks, I've got a friend who does the three finger combo, and that's fine. Get yourself the box combo. You know why? Because you deserve chicken that was made today. I walked out of my house today, and the air was crisp. It was cold. I could see... The steam coming off my cup of coffee. It was awesome. It felt like fall. But you know what's more crisp than a fall morning? Is it the chicken? It's the chicken that they make every day that they deep fry with love. It's not oil. It's love that is inside the fryers. And you bite into that crisp, crackly chicken with the soft. Oh, man, you dip it in the cane sauce. That's it. That's we're, it. We're recording this at 10 a.m. And I'm already ready for chicken. Start Usually I'm not ready for chicken till like 1130. I'm ready now. All right, so let's get let's jump into this thing. So we've got renewed schedules for the Big Ten. Obviously, we're mostly concerned with Michigan and Ohio State. So let's start there because these schedules could not possibly be any different. 
These schedules could not be on more opposite spectrums than they are. I have a feeling you're about to get something off your chest. You so better I'm going to let it. you what go. What do you think we're recording this podcast just let for? You go. This is just for me to vent and rant and and blow off some hot air. Is it going to help? No. Uh, Michigan gets their schedule, and Michigan has, and I think most people would agree, probably, if not the toughest schedule in the Big Ten, maybe second toughest. Nebraska got kind of a, a rough draw as well. Which... Pause right there. Yeah. Nebraska was the one team <laughs> that was really hard on the Big Ten. But like, if we don't play in the Big Ten, we're playing by ourselves. We're doing it ourselves. They pushed. And so can you sense a little animosity from the Big Ten? People like, all right, here you go. Open at Ohio State. Yeah, good luck to Nebraska. And Scott, poor Scott Frost. I want there's I know. There's a there's a handful of coaches, like outside of my fandom. There are a handful of coaches that I'm like, I really want to see you succeed. And truly, Scott Frost, Nebraska is one of them. Here's a blue blood program that has just been down for such a long time. For the last 20, 25 years. I mean, they won a national title in 97, 98. So 20 years or so that Nebraska has kind of been not super relevant. Scott Frost, I I believe, is the dude to do it. But boy, does he get a terrible draw this year. Yeah, it's tough. I'm looking at Ohio State, followed by Wisconsin, and then a couple weeks later, Penn State, and then Iowa, which you never know about, and then Minnesota, and It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. Um, And and I can say that as a Michigan guy who's looking at Michigan's schedule going, you know what? (laughs) We we might have it worse off than Nebraska. So Michigan gets a, a tough draw. Now, a little backstory. These schedules were primarily built on pre-COVID. So think back to Michigan's going to open at Washington and Ohio State goes to Oregon week two. Those schedules, those Big Ten schedules. That they schedule years in advance. Right. Those were primary schedules that these new schedules are built on. You lost one game. So you would have, I believe, eight Big Ten games, maybe nine. But you lost one of those games somewhere in the mix, okay? Michigan, unfortunately... Ends up with a bit of a rough draw because the the thinking was Michigan will lose either Wisconsin or Purdue off of the regular Big Ten schedule that they had. And wouldn't you know it, an already difficult schedule for Michigan, they lose Purdue, which mm-hmm. means Michigan will now play Minnesota. And I'm just r- listing the teams that I think may prove challenging. Minnesota, you do have a rivalry game with Michigan State. Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State. And Michigan kind of does this. They open on the road, by the way, at Minnesota, who was a top 10 team last year, which is never an easy thing to do. And it kind of flip flops from a what should be a difficult game to a little bit easier to a difficult. To, and it falls it all the way down to Ohio State. That is a difficult draw to for Michigan to get out of the Big Ten West, which is a traditionally weak side of the conference to draw the two front runners in Minnesota and Wisconsin is a brutal schedule for Michigan. On the other side of this is an Ohio State schedule, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Soft as a baby's behind. <laughs> I, tell, tell us what we're looking at. I want to disagree do- so bad, but I don't. So I don't. B- before we dive into it, tell me who you have. on. Just run through the list if you've got it in front of you. Just the teams that Ohio State will have to face on the football field this fall. Are we ready? Here we go. We're going to start off, like I said earlier, 
hosting Nebraska, which Scott Frost mm. maybe has some animosity built up that he's going to want to make a statement right away. Maybe. Like, Take this, Big Ten. Maybe. And then we go to Penn State, that's, which is the hardest thing to do in, in other than going to the big house or the shoe being in Happy Valley, although it's different because there's no fans this year. It will be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Then we're going to do some cruising. And we're going to host Rutgers. And then we're going to go to Maryland. And then we're going to host Indiana. And then we're going to go to Illinois. And then we're going to go to Michigan State. All of those, if you ask me, are um, winnable games. Would you say so? To say the least. Why would you say something so controversial and yet so bold? Now, that's the kind of thing that I'm going to regret <laughs> down the line when something happens. But although nothing has happened last year, I don't think anything weird will happen this year with the particular team that we have because we basically have the exact same team that we had last year. What, what gets me about this is you have two games on your schedule that you should have any sort of concern about. That would be Penn State and your team. Correct. You got Penn State and Michigan. And in between those, you have essentially five bye weeks all in a row. It's Out of respect for those teams, five, I will not say bye weeks. Five bye weeks. They're winnable. You have pulled from the Big Ten West, while Michigan gets Wisconsin and Minnesota, the front runners. You have pulled Illinois and Nebraska. Jace, it is 2020. Anything can happen. Who knows what Rutgers <laughs> is going to do this year? Uh, ask Wisconsin how drawing Illinois worked out for them last year, I suppose. Oof. No, but, but it's one of those things where I look at it, and I saw Joel Klatt, who I constantly disagree with. I actually agreed with him in part. He had posted a video recently talking about how Ohio State does actually have the easiest schedule. And I was like, "What? do I agree with Joel Klatt on this? Should I retweet? The answer is no. Because Joel Klatt's reasoning is that Ohio State has the easiest schedule because they don't play Ohio State. Which is correct. Which is partially correct. That's okay. part of it. But the other part of it that Joel kind of skips over because he loves Ohio State with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength <laughs> is because Ohio <laughs> State drew two of the weakest teams from the Big Ten West. That's why they have the easiest schedule. And I don't know how you can argue with that. And kind of like you look at Nebraska's schedule and say, you know what? The Big Ten seems to kind of have it out for you. There has to be. You can't convince me. <laughs> I can be convinced in Nebraska's case. I The Big Ten plays, what, eight regular season games and then championship weekend, which is 1v1, 2v2. So you're playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You're playing eight regular season games. Clemson's playing 11. And you can't tell me that the Big Ten's not looking at this going, okay, shortened season. The only chance for our front runner to get in is obviously to go undefeated, especially in a short season. There's no room for error. You cannot tell me that they did not couch Ohio State's schedule to help make sure that happened. The way even in which the games are arranged, you can say, oh, it's built on the original. The way the games are arranged is the softest middle of a schedule that I have ever seen. This, and this, I am including Clemson in this. This whole argument that you're making is based on the choice of removing one game? It's based on the fact that you have got the two weakest teams in the Big Ten West while Michigan's getting the two toughest teams. So if they were you, to switch out one team, you, this argument wouldn't be happening. So if you got Purdue instead of Wisconsin, you'd be just fine with this? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if Ohio State dropped Nebraska or Illinois and picked up Wisconsin or Minnesota in the regular season, I don't want to hear projections about who may win the Big Ten West and face Ohio State later on. Why? I'm talking about if you swapped out we'll end up one them anyway. poor team from the West, 
gave them a more difficult team, then I'd say, okay, it's evened out. Get rid of Illinois in the middle of your schedule and throw Wisconsin in there. Let's do something because Ohio State has had difficult Big Ten schedules. The Big Ten schedule for Ohio State last year was very good. They played the same teams Michigan did for the most part. You played Wisconsin. You played Penn State. You played Michigan State. I don't see that here. I see a weak schedule crafted to try to help Ohio State make their way into the playoff. And guess what? They will because you're not going to lose to Maryland. No, but we, we would play that whatever winner there is in the ninth game. Whatever but I'm team you want. Regular, sure, but you get to make your way in there. You're basically being given a free green light pass into the Big Ten championship game. Barring, again, that's assuming all other things be equal. You could lose to Penn State. You could lose to Michigan. But those are the only two games on an eight-game schedule that you could lose. Are you done? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's going to be a lot happening this season. There's 80 days until the game happens. 80 days, which is crazy. We were originally looking forward in the original schedule to October 24th because that was going to be when we played Michigan. Now that's the start of the season, which is crazy. (laughs) So there's going to be a lot happening still for that date. It's an important one. Let's take a look at the teams that will be on the field. So for Ohio State, there's no question to quarterback Justin Fields, who has been the Heisman favorite coming off of last year for this year, pushed the season to happen super hard on Twitter and social media, was very active. He is back with even more motivation than he would have already had following that last play against Clemson. Running back situation. We had a running back last year in J.K. Dobbins that shattered pretty much every record he possibly could have at Ohio State. And now he's a Baltimore Raven and doing quite nicely, might I He's add. looked good in the first couple weeks there for him, yeah. But now, who's the running back situation going to be? That is the question. And it looks like transferring from Oklahoma, fifth-year senior Trey Sermon is going to be the guy. Trey Sermon, as a fifth-year senior, transferring to the Ohio State University to be the running back is going to be insane because he's good. He's the first person on this team to lose his black stripe this fall. What is the black stripe ritual, you ask? Well, Urban Meyer brought this back. Basically, when a new person is on the team, whether you're a freshman or whether you're a transfer, you're new to Ohio State's team. This scarlet stripe that goes down the middle of the helmet is covered in a black stripe. And that basically shows the rest of the team. You haven't earned your status as a Ohio State Buckeye football player yet in practice. You haven't put in the work yet. The first person to lose the black stripe this year was Trey Sermon. The last time a transfer was the first time to take the black stripe off was... You guessed it, Justin Fields. And Justin Fields was pretty good. Coming into Clemson last year, he threw 41 touchdowns to one interception. And by the way, just one more thing on Trey Sermon before I keep going. He has not had a fumble in his college career. The guy is six foot one, 215 pounds. His second year of running, he averaged 15 yards per carry. Well, let's let's slow down a little 15 bit. 15 yards. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing Rutgers it's every week. It's a big week. 12 defense. 15. Well, okay. Look at I the teams we're playing this year. I could average 15 yards a carry against Kansas, okay? I'd love to see that happen because I don't <laughs> think it would. And I'm looking at the teams we're playing this year, and those might as well be big 12 defenses. So I think there's going to be some insane numbers putting up on the running back. The only other position that I am of interest in primarily in the preseason is defensive end because in the past we had Joey Boza followed by Nick Boza followed by Chase Young these are legendary players 
Who's up next? That's what I'm interested in do, seeing. Do what's you have anybody happen. that's like on the radar for you or? There is a graduate player, number 18, Jonathan Cooper. There's also the junior number 11, Tyreek Smith, and they're going to be really going for this position to be the the successor of Chase Young. There's a lot of returning talent for Ohio State, which I obviously you know makes them a a front runner not just for the Big Ten but for the national title conversation. That's not that's not surprising. That's not shocking to anybody. Uh, it will be interesting to see if there is any difference between Dobbins and Sermon. Uh, again, he he has the numbers, you know, I kind of joke he has, he has phenomenal numbers, but until you see him on the football field, actually working with the team, um, I'm not going to get super excited after watching him against Nebraska. I think we all know how that's going to go, but I think you'll learn a lot that second week of the season against Penn state it's on the road. I realize there are no fans, but still out of the confines of Ohio stadium against a really good Penn state team. How does that team operate? This is kind of the same thing we walked through last year too, when we saw Penn state and Wisconsin to kind of say, okay, how real is this team? Um, And I have no reason to believe that they are not going to be for real, but it'll be interesting to see a little bit more competition already looking ahead to Halloween night with the running back situation. I think it's going to be really fun this year because this is a big sized running back in the past. We've had Carlos Hyde. We've had JK Dobbins. We've had these smaller dudes who are shorter and just kind of put their arms in and lower their head and run. This guy is like Browns fans, like Kareem hunt big, who's just tall and wild and very good and very just, he's a huge person which is just different to see in the running back situation so I'm excited and the only other two players is that's good to have is Chris Olave who like Justin Fields is very motivated to make up for that last play against Clemson and Garrett Wilson at wide receiver so I mean we're looking at a good team right now. We're looking at a really good team. I'm excited to see what the preseason ends up being and what these first couple of games are, are games are going to make as a statement. Jace how are the- yeah. How's your how's your team doing? Yeah, I was going to say the the other side of having a really good team is that what makes the rivalry so interesting and endearing despite, you know, these these wide swings of, you know, Ohio State wins a bunch, Michigan wins a bunch and that pendulum the way that that swings, that's just kind of par for the course for this rivalry. There's no necessarily rhyme or reason for it. Sometimes it just works that way. Um, but there's no doubt Ohio State is the team to beat in the Big Ten. And uh, most would argue, or some would argue at least, between Clemson and Ohio State, the teams to beat in the yep. nation as well. But part of what makes the rivalry so good is that Michigan is also bringing back a ton of talent on their team. Uh, most interesting is actually not a returner, but is going to be a fresh starter in quarterback Joe Milton. Rumors and, and and things that need to be nailed down as of time of recording, but it appears that Dylan McCaffrey was beat out for the starting job by Joe Milton and will actually be transferring. So that's that's a whole conversation in and of itself. We'll see how that Which plays Joe out. Joe Milton was the guy that came in during the game last year and scored a running touchdown. I think he threw for a touchdown as well. Uh yeah, yeah, he's come in a couple, di- unfortunately, a couple different blowouts now where yeah. Milton has made himself present. The dude has a cannon for an arm. He's a big dude. You know, like you're talking about guys like Trey Sermon, like this is a big quarterback who can beat you with his legs and with his arm. I'm excited to see him. He will get an immediate test on the road at a top 10 Minnesota team. Uh, and so we'll, you know, we'll learn a lot right off the bat, right out of the gate about Milton, but he will be he is coming back but he will be a first year starter for this Michigan team will the junior Michigan's got a lot of returning talent at running back as well Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins who 
really split lead running back duties last year will both be back as sophomores. Michigan will have them, you know, barring going pro, will have them for a while, which is exciting. Uh, Chris Evans, the senior, also in the mix, had some academic trouble last year. Good to see him kind of get things back where it needs to be, get back on the right track, and he's got a year of eligibility left as well. Wide receiver is kind of the big, not the big question mark, but there is a big question mark at wide receiver with uh, Nico Collins. His uh, his going pro question still up in the air as of time of recording. I, I personally think he's going to make the decision to come back. If he does, that is a clear wide receiver one for Michigan. He was a nightmare for teams to cover last year. Imagine now a man who has had a full offseason to go through pandemic to think about last season. The dude is going to be an NFL wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. To have him back would be massive. But even if not, Michigan has guys in Mike Singristel. They have Cornelius Johnson. They have Giles Jackson. They have Ronnie Bell. Michigan is loaded on offense, and it should be a lot of fun to see Josh Gaddis continue to work that speed and space and create some havoc for defenses. Man, this is good. College football in, in, in what? On October 24th, which is however many days away, we're going to hear Gus Johnson's voice on Big Noon Football on Saturday. Uh, Gus yeah. Johnson, it's the, it's, he's the voice of Gus. fall. He's the voice of fall. He really is. He's all his business cards. His big glasses. Be. I would love it. My Gus. man. <laughs> like, on his business cards, the voice of fall. I love Gus. I just, you know I can't stand to listen to Joel Klatt. But you agree with him sometimes. I agree. I don't want to talk about Joel anymore. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Be sure to subscribe if you have not already. Share it with your friends and be sure to follow on Twitter at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch. As we get into the season, of course, per usual, you'll have your chance to win lunch from Raising Canes. If you can get score predictions closer Yummy. than Mitchell or myself, and we will have another preseason episode coming up very soon. Thank you for listening to The Rivalry. See you then. It's not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.